0: that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I've been looking very much forward to talking to you today. I want to begin with Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. There we find that which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done so there is nothing new under the sun. Compromise. Compromise is an interesting word. Depending on the context in which it is being used, it can be a good thing or it can be a very bad thing. Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary gives the following as one of its definitions of compromise. Quote, a settlement of differences by mutual concessions an agreement reached by adjustment of conflicting or opposing claims, principles, etc., by reciprocal modification of demands." End of quote. While the word itself does not appear in the scriptures, the idea behind the definition of compromise certainly does. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus urged compromise under the right circumstances. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 25, Jesus said, Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way in order that your opponent may not deliver you to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. By reaching a mutually satisfactory compromise with an opponent or adversary, entering the legal system could be avoided. In this sense, compromise is a good thing however under certain other circumstances compromise would not be a good thing at all in fact it can be downright evil again Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary also gives these definitions and sample usages of the word quote an endangering especially of reputation exposure to danger suspicion etc a concession of one's integrity and to make a dishonorable or shameful concession he is too honorable to compromise with his principles," end of quote. In the letters to the churches found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, we find that compromise in the evil sense was a problem for brethren toward the end of the first century, and it really has not changed. The church at Pergamos is addressed in Revelation chapter 2 beginning in verse 12. Jesus began the letter by affirming his intimate knowledge of their situation. He said in verse 13, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Pergamos, having been bequeathed to the Romans in 133 BC by King Attalus, became the political capital of Asia and as such served as the center of emperor worship. In this way, the brethren in Pergamos were living where Satan's throne is. They were living in the center of emperor worship, doing so during the reign of Domitian. Refusal to worship the emperor meant severe persecution, even death. For the most part, the brethren there had not denied the Lord, even when death entered the church in the city via persecution. As the church to the letter in Pergamos continues, we find the Lord's complaint in verses 14 through 15. He said, But I have a few things against you, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit acts of immorality. Thus you also have some who in the same way hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. In Numbers 22, 23, and 24, when the children of Israel came to the borders of Moab, Balak, the king of Moab, called for Balaam to come and curse the Israelites. Balaam was unable to curse the Israelites, even though he tried three times. So he counseled Balak to send forth the daughters of Moab to entice the men of Israel to join them in their idolatrous, lascivious worship. His scheme succeeded and resulted in the death of 24,000 Israelites. The teaching of Balaam is summed up in verse 14 in three ways. First, it taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel. Interestingly, stumbling block comes from the word scandalon, and it refers to that part of a trap on which the bait is placed. When it is touched, the trap springs and catches its victim. By his advice, Balaam set a trap for the children of Israel, and many got caught by it and perished. Evidently, some in Pergamos were doing things that were enticing others in the church to seek to compromise their principles, and it would result in their perishing. Secondly, to eat things sacrificed to idols. This was not just the eating of meats that Paul talked about in Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8. This was actual participation in the idolatrous feast, compromising the truth in order to do so. And then the third part of his complaint was to commit acts of immorality. Immorality was part of idolatrous worship. There were also those in Pergamos who held to the belief of the Nicolaitans. There is a little known fact about this group except that they were advocates of Gnosticism and participation in the idolatrous feasts and worship because they did not believe such sinful activity mattered. What it all boils down to is that there were those in the congregation at Pergamos who wanted to be Christians and yet still take part in the immoral, idolatrous practices of the day. By so doing, they could avoid persecution and separation from the mainstream society of their city. So it was a doctrine of compromise. But I'll tell you what, it didn't work then, and it won't work now. In verse 16, Jesus told them, Repent, therefore, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Compromise. In business negotiations, it can be a good thing. In the arena of government, it is sometimes necessary. Even in the church, brethren need to be willing to make concessions with each other in matters that God has left up to our judgment to ensure peace and harmony. However, in matters of truth and in principles of right, compromise is deadly. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, To present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect literally speaking to be conformed to this world is to be poured into the world's mold Consider the second definition and sample usage of conform given in Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary. It says, and I quote, to act in accord with the prevailing standards, attitudes, practices, etc. of society or a group, one has to conform in order to succeed in this company. Did you ever have the feeling that in order to succeed in the world, be it at school or be it at work, or maybe just among friends and associates, You had to conform to the world did you ever feel that you had to act in accordance with prevailing standards attitudes and practices of society even though you knew that much of it was just not right what happens is that we might find ourselves making shameful and dishonorable concessions and compromise our principles (coughs) excuse me if I'm going to be poured into the mold of anything it must be in the mold of Christ I need to be like him not of the world Every time I compromise my principles, and I have done that, I mess up that mold. I have been serving the Lord for many, many years now, and I still find myself compromising with the world from time to time. The words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 6:14 through 18 ring clear and true across the ages. He wrote, Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship hath light with darkness, Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not much touch that which is unclean, and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Compromise, acceptable at times, evil at others. Thank you for listening.